question of the week. What is your favorite classic movie? That's a good one. I think so. What's your favorite classic? One of my favorite classics is The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, I got, yeah. I could see. And Gone with the Wind. I never watched Gone with the Wind. No, it's not your thing. Nope. When I hear it, hear it's on or whatever, it's like, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And then I also like the original Annie. Eh. Yeah, but this this is my my likes, not not yours. Oh, I know. Mine. What are your what is yours or some of your favorite classic movies? Um, I'd have to say Wizard of Oz. I got fond memories of that as a kid. And up until recently, um, the sound of music. I never really gave it a chance and it was we got the movie or actually no, we saw it on TV. Yeah, but we have it now. We have the movie now. But when we watched it on TV, I was like, okay, this ain't too bad. Julie Andrews. Yeah. Mary Poppins is another good classic, too. That is. I remember that one as a kid also. Mm-hmm. I think my parents even had the uh, the vinyl record at some point. Okay, yeah. And how about McClintock? There was a lot of John Wayne movies, though, that are good. Oh, I know. But that's just one that I'm fond of. But yeah, so let us know what your favorite classic movie is. It'd be very interesting to hear what it would be. Comment down below on Podbean, or you can go to our Facebook group, the Boob Tube Binger, Boob Tube. Oh my God, the Boob Tube Bingers, if I can say it correctly. Or on Twitter at T Bingers. Yeah, or check us out on Listen Notes. Welcome, everyone, to the BoobTube Bingers. We're your hosts. I'm Andy. And I'm Dee. And, well, let's start off why we weren't, why we didn't post last Wednesday. Well, last Wednesday, and leading up to last Wednesday, I should say, was very hectic. Very, very hectic. Right now, I am transferring from one job to a new job, and I'm very excited about it, and Today, actually, was my last day at my current job. job. Yeah, my old job or whatever you want to call it. And it's a relief to get away from that job. It was very stressful, very hard to be in the atmosphere that I was working in. And I'm excited about being in the atmosphere that I'm going to be in and doing what I'm going to do. Good. Yeah, I can tell you are. But yeah, leading up the last Wednesday was just, it was stressful. You got... One of our kids had to move home or move back home. And then our youngest were here and it was loud and. Yeah, very, very hectic. Yeah. We had to give up our little podcast area, our spare room, so our son could have a place to stay. So we're, we're down in the living room right now. Yeah. So we're going to feel like we're extra noisy. Yep. So yeah, that's, that's why we didn't post last Wednesday. It was like. You want to try recording? And then it was like, eh. Yeah, we couldn't really get like the right time of day to be able to sit down and do our podcast without it being so loud and, and then when the we, hustle and bustle. And, and then when we did have the chance, it was too late. So yeah, that's that's why we didn't post Wednesday. And We apologize. Yes, we do apologize. Yeah. 
So what are we watching now? Right now we're watching Father Ted, which is a very, very... It's a, it's a funny show. I, I enjoy watching it. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I do, but I really enjoy watching it. The The three main characters, or I should say four main characters, are, are their personalities are just, wow, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got Father Ted, you got Dougal, you got a drunk Father Jack, and then you have... The housekeeper, landlady, I don't know what you would call her. Yeah, she's like the housekeeper maid, and the whole show is about Irish priests. It's a comedy. Yes, the housemaid's name is Mrs. Doyle. Yes, Mrs. Doyle. And the show revolves around uh, the three priests in the house, the maid or whatever. And it's just, it's different. I will say that. It's an Irish comedy filmed in Ireland on Craigie Island. The house is really cool that they, that they live in, or that, yeah, that they live in. It it looks like a little medieval castle in a way. (laughs) It is just, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You're very, very secluded. And then you got Frank Kelly who plays Father Jack Hackett. And he pretty much just sits in a chair drinking all day. Yeah. And And, grumbling and mumbling. Yeah. And it's so disgusting. He's got drool coming down his face. Out of the corners of his mouth. And That's a typical old man, though. I mean... Not like this. I mean... When... when Some some do, I mean... Yeah, but it's... I wouldn't want him sitting across from me when I'm eating. Oh, no, definitely not. Uh-uh. <laughs> because when they dress him up, it's got like... You know how little kids have snot on their collars and whatnot? Yeah. He yeah. needs a clothing protector. Yeah. Definitely. He, like a big bib. That's what a clothing protector is. Yeah. If nobody knows. So he's got that. Then you got Dermot Morgan, who plays who plays Father Ted Crilly, and he was put in the parish because apparently he stole some money out of the church funds. So they shipped him off to Craigie Island. But it was sad. It's going to be a spoiler. I mean, the show has been on since what nineteen ninety, yeah, ninety four to ninety eight. And I guess what happened in nineteen ninety eight is they found Father Ted and his real the actor. They found Dermot Morgan dead in his home yeah when you told me that i was like really shocked i was like what no way yep and then you were like well yeah that's why you know they don't have any more out and i just and in the way they ended the show i was if you haven't seen the show um it's going to be a spoiler how they ended it was father ted telling everybody good night it was kind of like the waltons type thing oh okay where it's like good night good night good night mm-hmm and then that was it, and they cut to a scene where it was like all of Father Ted's greatest moments. Yeah, I haven't seen this episode, so. And at the very end, normally when something like that happens, it's in memory of or in memoriam of mm-hmm. so-and-so. And there wasn't even that. That's that's sad that they didn't even dedicate anything or, yeah, do anything like that Yeah. for him or whatever, you know? Yep. It was just came to the end. And they played all of the greatest hits from Father Ted. And that was that. It was just like, okay, we're done. Yeah. Weird. My favorite episode from there so far is when they're on the airplane. That is my absolute favorite episode right now. <laughs> that was a good episode. You're going to fill people in on it? Oh, well, I, I guess. <laughs> they're all... I don't know where they were traveling, but they were all on an airplane, and um, at at some point in the show, 
Dougal goes into the cockpit and he ends up pressing. He has like no. He's like no resistance. He's like a four two year a, a two year old in a way. A two year old with ADD. Yeah, you go. Don't touch that, and they touch it anyway. Well, there was a button on the wall in the cockpit, and it said, "Do not chat or do not press this button or whatever." And they go back to Father Ted, who was sitting in his seat away from the cockpit, and um. <laughs> Dougal comes out and he's like, what did he say somewhere along the lines of, well, I was in there and somebody pressed a button that they weren't <laughs> supposed to, weren't supposed to press. And Father Ted looks at him and goes, Dougal, did you press that button? And he looks down and he kind of gets all sheepish and he's like, yeah, it was me. <laughs> they ended up dumping all the gas out of, it was an emergency dump for the gas tanks and they ended up. He hit the button and dumped all the gas, and so now they're freaking out. They have this, what are they, was it a big contest or whatever? Everybody had to write a reason <laughs> Yeah, down. they had to write like an essay or whatever of why they should be <laughs> able to have one of the parachutes because there was only two on the plane. And <laughs> so all of them are writing all their little things, and <laughs> here's Father Father Jack. Yeah. Here's Father Jack. He has both the parachutes, and he grabs the the drink cart, the lush that he is, and he opens the door to jump out of the plane, and he jumps out after he pushes out the drink cart with the... <laughs> did he put the parachute on that? Yep. Yeah, he put the parachute on that, and yeah... <laughs> pretty funny so he jumps out of the plane and after this drink cart and at the very end of the show you see him stuck in a tree in the drink cart not far away from him and he's trying to reach and he can't get it yeah that's his that was his worst nightmare right there <laughs> but yeah it was it yeah that's that that was one of my favorite episodes yeah that was a good one i like that one another one my favorite would be and it's going to sound so bad, but the episode was, are you right there, Father Ted? And it was, he was going to another priest's house and the priest was showing him around and they took him into a, the basement. No, I think it was just a different room. Yeah, different room, room or, different room or the basement. But come to find out, these priests were secret um, neo-nazis yeah neo-nazis <laughs> they had like the swastika all over the place and they had like memorabilia from hitler and yeah <laughs> was... one of the fathers was doing a cross stitch of a swastika and it was like what is going on ted's freaking out and i i could relate to that oh yeah i mean i'd I be freaking wanna... out too i'd be like oh what did i get myself into here yeah. i'd be looking for the door asap but it ended up just Going downhill from there. Somebody had stuck a black piece of tape on the window. And oh, yeah. Cause... <laughs> I don't know why there was a black piece of tape on the window. It was a little square. But before all that, it was... It wasn't good. No, it was not. <laughs> he put a lampshade on his head, and he started imitating a serpent, a certain group of people. And that certain group of people walked by the window at the same time. Yeah. Then he turns around and he looks and he's like, no, 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 I'm not racist, no. Yeah. 
Well, then word got out that this happened and everybody's like, we didn't know you were racist, yeah. racist father, Ted. And one of, one of the parishioners is standing on the other side of a rock, rock fence garden thing. And he's like, so are you a racist now, father, Ted, shall we be racist too? <laughs> and father Ted's like, no. And then another parishioner just starts going off and it's like, oh my God. So he had to try to smooth that all out. Yeah. And in the end, it just kept getting worse. He accidentally sent sent the package to the person who saw him at the beginning. And he was like in front of this window with the tape. And he was like almost imitating Hitler in a way. That's what it looked like. <laughs> yeah. And he sent the package as a sorry package. And lo and behold, the guy thought it was a bunch of whiskey. And Father Jack comes out wearing an SS uniform and... It, no, I do not condone racism. I do oh, not no, condone no neo-Nazis. Means. No. But the whole context of the, the way it was shot, it was like, yep, mm-hmm, bad to worse real yeah, quick. Yeah, I'd be hightailing it right out of there, and I wouldn't even come back. <laughs> leave everything that I left there. <laughs> if I did leave anything, I'm out of there. But in the way the, the show is shot, I mean, yes, it's from the 1940s. Yeah, 1940s. 1995, yeah, yeah, mid-90s. It looks like it was shot in the 80s. The film grain, everything. Yeah, 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 or a little bit older than that. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it would be a good one to watch. Yeah, give it a try. I mean, it's not going to be for everybody. No, and not every show is for everybody. Yeah. it's, it's, It's one that, yeah, we'd suggest to just check out at least one episode anyway. Yep, give it a shot. The year was 1972. Richard Nixon was president. Bobby Fischer had beat Russian champion Boris Spassky in Reykjavik, Iceland, to become the first American to win the title, chess title. Rod Stewart's song, You Wear It Well, was number one on the charts. And a TV comedy starring Ellen Alda, Loretta Swit, and Wayne Rogers debuts on CBS in America. This show was called MASH. So this show has a... I'd say a big spot in our hearts. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I'm sure millions of other Americans and around the world. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of childhood memories come up when I hear the MASH theme song. Same here. One of my memories was, it was probably five. And I couldn't sleep, and I remember going out, and my mom was working night shift at Diamond Tool, and... I couldn't sleep, and I went out and watched a little bit with my dad. Yeah. You're, you're lucky your parents let you do that. Mine would have been like, no, nope, go back to bed. <laughs> it, it, it was, wasn't much. I just remember it. But yeah, this show, you would think it would be an occult classic. Yeah, you would think so. But it never got the ratings. And I can kind of see why. I mean, Vietnam ended in 1975. Yeah. So... I could see. I mean, 1972, the show came out. The war, Vietnam War is going on. Your sons, husbands are drafted. Yeah, fathers. Fathers are fighting. I wouldn't want to really sit down and watch a, a TV show about the Korean War. Yeah. You, you, you correlate those or you put those together. Yeah, definitely, yeah. 
I, I wouldn't want to either. For one, I, I mean, I'm surprised my dad watched it because he was in Vietnam. Yeah. And, yeah, I don't know exactly what he experienced over there because, you know. Never talked you about You don't it. talk about it. I mean, maybe he would have. I don't really know. Seeing, well, not that everybody knows this, but my dad died when I was 11. So when you're that young, you don't ask the questions that you would ask when you're older. So, but this this TV show, I mean, you la- it'll make you laugh, make, make you cry, yeah, yep. make you cry, make you get angry at certain things, also. But and the cool thing is, I mean, yes, the movie came out before, so it's a spinoff, kind of a spinoff from the the movie. Yes, but it was a book before it was even anything else. Yeah, but. We all look at it as the movie. Yeah. And I, it was a, it's been a long time since I watched the, the original MASH movie. Yeah. And see, I've never seen it. No? No, I have never seen that movie. And I, I've kind of shied away from it only because I don't want it to ruin my TV MASH ex- television experience. Yeah. Because those are the characters that I grew up with and I enjoy watching and, you know, they're not the same ones in the movie except for Radar. So it, it just, it's something that I, like I said, I've shied away from. But I, I've got to give it a shot. I've got to watch it. Yeah. But yeah, it's, and the cool thing, I mean, it, it's funny because Hawkeye is based off a real person. Yeah. Yeah. The the real life Hawkeye was Richard Hornberger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's actually the author. Yeah. And I guess he, from what I found researched, he hated the show. Oh, really? Yeah. He was a surgeon that served during the Korean War, and he served at the 8055th Mobile Army Hospital. He was known for his surgical skills and a sharp sense of humor. And it was also believed that Hornberger was the first Army surgeon to do an arterial repair, which wasn't allowed back then. Yeah, no. I mean, in the, in the show, they also, you know, talk about what you're talking about. So... They did an episode yeah, based on that procedure. And, I mean, I I don't know if anybody, I'm, I'm happy that Alan Alda did it because he was perfect for it. Yeah, and he was the last one to sign on. Yeah, last one to sign on. Um, and the theme song was, the lyrics, I guess, were removed from Suicide is Painless from the 1970s movie. And the director, Robert Altman, had his 14-year-old son help him write the lyrics because he wanted it to be childish and just dumb. And I guess he told the composer, Johnny Mandel, that his son is an idiot. But his son ended up getting the last laugh because the song, Suicide is Painless, a certain version of it hit, topped the charts in the UK. So he he made over a hundred, or no, I'm sorry, he made over a million dollars in royalties. Holy crap. From that song. Yeah. So his son wasn't an idiot that much. No, he could not have been. And then I think it was after the third season. Was it the third season when um, Trapper, Wayne Rogers left? Yeah, um, Trapper, Wayne Rogers left, and also McLean Stevenson, Henry Blake. Yeah. They both left at the end of season three. But you don't know about Trapper leaving until the beginning of season four. Yeah, that's when Hawkeye's running around. Yeah. Came back from R&R and Allison Trapper's gone. But it's funny because how Wayne Rogers left was he didn't sign his contract. Yeah, he didn't sign his, yeah, filming contract. Yep. 
and he, he was getting tired of playing second fiddle to Hawkeye or Alan Alda, and he wanted out. And they, well, which is really funny because they were like the best of friends in real life too. They used to drive together to the set. Okay, to I did film. not. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. But yeah, he uh, he wanted out. He got tired of playing second fiddle, and they kind of laughed at it until they saw that his contract wasn't signed, so it was not binding. And that's how he got out. They all kind of just shook their heads at each other and like, how could they miss that? Yeah, how could we screw up this big? Wow. Yeah, really kick yourself a good one. Yep, and that's why he didn't get the farewell like the other actors had. I can, yeah, I can see that. And then when Henry Blake left, that was, I remember watching like a documentary on it and Loretta Swit was talking about it. And she, because when Henry, for those who haven't seen this movie or the show or the movie, um, watch the movie. You won't regret it. It's, it's like I said, it was a while since I watched it and I can still remember bits and pieces. But when McLean Stevens left Henry Blake, that was the first time, I guess, in history that they actually ever killed off a character on a show. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. And she's like, she was talking about how it was never done. And when they did that, that was one of the highest rated show watch time. Yeah. People were pissed. They, they were, were writing pissed. letters. They were calling. They were just not happy at all. Yep. And nobody on the crew knew about it. Hawkeye, I guess Alan Alda found out like a couple minutes before they shot the scene. So it was a shock to everybody. Yeah. And, um, that was one of the episodes that I really cried on. Yep. I mean, that's, that's why I said this, this show will make you laugh, make you cry, make you angry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. They didn't, did they, they didn't really do a farewell to Frank Burns either. Mm. Not really. I mean, they did have certain. Kind, like, they kind of did, but with like McLean Stevens, um, like you were saying, people were pissed and they were pissed. They wrote CBS. They were calling CBS. Mm -hmm. And that's why when you watch the show today, you don't see that part of it. You'll see McLean Stevens getting on the helicopter, flying away, and then it cuts. Yeah. And that scene is, if you haven't, if you've only seen it on TV, it's when, it's obviously in your Henry. And Henry Blake goes through the thing. He does, um, what the heck is that called? Where you gather up your troops and you check them and whatnot. Oh, um, the company falls in. Yeah. But everybody gets together and he's walking down, inspecting them and whatnot and giving them hugs and you name it. And then you see him get on a helicopter and he flies off and that's it. Yeah, I don't think he called them up to, you know, to do that. I think they did that out of respect for him. It's a possibility. As a... Just a going away thing. Yeah. But the reason why you don't see the operating room is because of that. And what happens then is he gets on the helicopter. Everybody's sad and happy that he gets to go home to his family and yeah. kids and whatnot. And everybody's in their operating room doing surgery. And Radar comes in, uh, out of breath, just shock. And it was Henry's plane was shot down, or Colonel Blake's plane was shot down over the Sea of Japan, and that there were no survivors. Yeah, and that... You hear... Uh, a hemostat or tongs drop. Scalpel, something. Some yeah. kind of medical instrument falls and... Then it just cuts to the credits. Yeah. And everybody's sniffling and... Yep. But yeah, that was, I think, the first episode that made me cry out of, like, you know, the first three seasons. Yeah. I mean, it, I even got choked up on that. Yeah. 
I mean, the next one that made me cry was when Radar went home. I mean, I didn't really, I was upset when um, Trapper left. Yeah. It was sad, but it wasn't as extreme because they didn't have that, like, what really happened other than, oh, he just went home. He got his orders. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, oh, well, that sucks. But, um, yeah, when Radar left, that was another sad scene for me because they did the whole. Yeah, he didn't didn't want to leave. I mean, they wrote it as he didn't want to leave. Yeah. Well, he he wanted to stay there with his so-called family because they were a family to him. But he also wanted to go home to help his mom because she had nobody else. Yeah, his uncle had a heart attack and his mom was taking, apparently taking care of the farm. Yeah. But the reality was there was a forest fire going on, an actual forest fire going on in California. Yeah. There was an actual forest fire going on in California and it had stopped like right, by the way I read it, it stopped right at the back door of his house. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't want to stay either. No, and he just got to the point where I need to start spending time more with my family, which yeah, is sad. Yeah, like big reality check in a way. Yeah, which was sad because a little while later, him and his wife at the time ended up getting divorced. Oh. And by the way I was reading it, it would have been, if he would have actually taken more time, they probably could have worked things out. Yeah. But, so that's why he left. It was, he started taking on other jobs in life that were closer to home mm-hmm. where he could be home at the end of the day. And so. Gotcha. I did not know all of that. I mean, I knew that there was a fire, but I didn't know that it was like that close to home and yeah. stuff. Yeah. It was the fire stopped like right, I guess the way they wrote it was right at his back door. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. But then with all the tears, you have laughter. They hated the laugh track too, I found out. Oh yeah, I hated that. That's one of the things that I did not like was when they had, like, it was filmed in front of a studio audience, which I don't think it really was. No, but it, they kind of like portrayed that it was. Yeah, and they, they wanted CBS to get rid of the laugh track. And it's like, I can see why, I mean... You're not going to have a bunch of people standing around you in real life in an operating theater or an operating room. Yeah. But CBS went, nope, we're keeping the laugh track. You got to deal with it. Yeah, eventually they got rid of it, though. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they eventually got rid of it because I was like, thank God. <laughs> they got rid of that. <laughs> I can't remember what season that they stopped doing that, but they did stop doing it. I'm surprised you didn't realize. No, I never never noticed that they got rid of it. See, so you basically bought, blocked out all the laughter anyway. Just got, yeah, just got un- yeah. immune to it. Yeah, so it didn't really, like, register. But they yeah. did. They got rid of the laugh track after a while. I don't know. <laughs> I know I know. on the box set you can watch the video or the, the TV shows without the laugh track. I didn't know that. Yeah, there's an option for it. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to we'll have to sit down and actually watch it that way. See the difference. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to. But no, and it's just the high, not the high, high. Yeah, the hijinks or the the stuff they get up to. I mean, you got Frank Burns ferret with B- faced. ferret faced chinless chipmunk. 
Yeah, he's got quite a few insulting nicknames there, but... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, this poor guy, I felt bad for him, and I didn't feel bad for him. Yeah, because he kind of put it on himself. Yeah, because he was just a jerk, an uppity jerk. Yeah, power hungry. Yeah, I mean... Little man syndrome. That's pretty much what it is. They put him in a full body cast at one point. Yeah, that was good. (laughs) Um, They always, like, would when they wanted to do something that they couldn't do when Henry was gone or whatever and Frank was in charge, they would always do something like give him a shot so he'd be knocked out for a little while. Yep. Or <laughs> Yeah, that was, I think they did that in the chief surgeon. When they had to pick a chief surgeon, they pick Hawkeye and Frank had a fit. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it was, I'm a major, he's just a captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was always something going on. And then when Frank left, it was Margaret got married. Margaret Houlihan was his love interest, but because... Well, she got married before he left, I thought. It was it was a process. Okay. No, it was after she got married because he was the best man for Margaret's husband. And he actually pulled that off. But then after that, I mean, he just had a full meltdown. Yeah, he was in Tokyo. <laughs> yep, in Tokyo... Any blonde woman he saw, he was screaming her name, Margaret. Yeah, he was on <laughs> Weave or not, yep. is that what they would call it? Yep, on R&R. Yeah, R&R. Yeah. <laughs> and he it, was in a bathhouse or something like yeah. that, and he hopped in the bath with this woman and man. <laughs> it was a general and his wife, and it was, yeah, he was, Margaret, Margaret. And finally, it got to the point where, and it really pissed everybody off at MASH, they sent him stateside to work in a hospital. Yeah. And that was his, the way he got it was by acting like that. Yeah. Which was, and yeah, not fair no. at all, especially to Klinger probably. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And then you got Klinger who's played by um, Jamie Farr. He's a crossdresser or he acts like a crossdresser. He's trying to do everything to get sectioned out of the yeah, military. Yeah, trying to have the section eight. Yep. And it's always right when he's there. I mean, right. Yeah, right. When he's really close to getting it, he screws up. <laughs> yep. Like one of the episodes was, Oh, I'm depressed. And he acts depressed through the whole episode. And I think that's, yeah, that was with Potter. Yeah, with Sherman Potter. Yep. And he's like, Okay. He goes, So you're clinically depressed. You're not doing anything. You have no interest in anything. Well, I'll fill out the paperwork. And Klinger springs off the desk. He's like, All right, I'll get my stuff together. <laughs> yeah, I'll pack my bags. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Toledo, here I come. <laughs> and, and Potter just. Potter looks at him, rips the paper in half. Yep. He goes, you <laughs> Too were... soon, he goes. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you were close. But anybody who hasn't seen this show, if you see it on like TV land or any streaming, I think, I think uh, Netflix has got it on right now. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give it a watch. Yeah. It's, it's a very good show. I mean, it, it has its serious points and its funny points, and all the actors are just, they're amazing at what they do. Oh, yeah. They they pull it off. David Ogden Steers, he is a composer. He plays Charles Emerson Winchester. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize this. He does the voice of Cogsworth off of Beauty and the Beast. And he's one, I mean... You watch him in the show, and he's just a pompous ass. Yeah, he is. He's from New England. When I get out of here, I'm supposed to be the head of thoracic surgery at such such and such hospital. 
And how he got put into the MASH unit was he was playing cribbage with a general and he ended up taking general for too much money and he started kind of rubbing his nose in it. And yep, and the general was like, well, here they, we go. Yep. He, <laughs> Get you a, out of my hair. He got a phone call. We need we need a surgeon at the 407 7th. And he looks at him and says, you're going. And it'll only be for a short time. Well, it ended up being... The rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, the rest of the season. And then you got Hot Lips, Margaret Houlihan, who's played by Loretta Swit. Yes. And she, she does a, a good job too. Yep. She's an army brat and she's always putting on this, this hard front and deep down she's just like anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. She's got feelings and yep. she just doesn't show them. And you, I mean, you got Hawkeye, you got Trapper and before Trapper it was, or after Trapper it was BJ Honeycutt mm-hmm. and both of those, the three of them together, I mean. They'll make you laugh. Oh, yeah. And then you have Father Mulcahy. Yeah. Yeah. William Christopher. Yeah. He did a really good job in his his role as portraying a priest. priest. Oh, yeah. And he would always, like, try to cater to everybody's religious beliefs. And that's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, he'd have to do that. He yeah. was the only priest in the, in the outfit. Yeah. But I seen something on... YouTube, and I can't remember who put it together, but it's called MASH and the Coronavirus. Oh, boy. And they had everything from to- toilet paper shortages yeah, um, to social distancing. Uh-huh. There's a scene where Henry Blake is scared because somebody's trying to kill him, and it turns out as one of the chopper pilots, but the person cut the se- part of it where... He's on the phone with Radar. He's like, where's the reports? And Radar is like on the phone going, they're in here, sir. And they're talking through the door with phones. <laughs> He's like, well, can you bring them in here? And Radar uses a telescoping fishing pole. Yeah. Hands it to him. <laughs> so, yeah, you can check that out. It's on YouTube, Mashing the Coronavirus. Okay. So, I mean, it was just funny. They talk about hand washing. and Yeah. You got the father who had... TB, so he couldn't take confessions. So that was, but yeah, if you haven't checked it out, it's a must watch. Yes, it is a definite binge. Mm-hmm. I mean, the show went from 1972 till what was it, 1985? I think so. Oh, I'm sorry, 1983. Yeah, it ran from 19, MASH ran from 1972 to 1983. We were wee little babies. And the final episode is still one of the all-time highest watched episode in tv history yeah one of the one of the saddest episodes it was very sad i mean it was it was bittersweet because you were happy that they got to go home and you know you were really sad because the show was ending and yep and then you had everybody getting together and talking about what they're gonna do when they get back and having meetups and yeah what i think was cool though was in the show they had done a time capsule. Yeah. And it was, I think it was Margaret and Frank were doing the time capsule. Oh, wait, no, this was, yeah, way yeah. before. Yeah. Yeah. And then Hawkeye wanted to put some stuff in there, and she's like, no, you're not putting that in there. I think it was some nudie magazine or something like that. Yeah, something like Cause that. Because he was big into uh, nudist colonies. And, and women. Yeah. Women. But she's like, no, you're not doing that. Well, he's like, fine, I'll do my own. So he went around collecting stuff. Mm-hmm. It was many years later, uh, they, he got a phone call. And it was a construction company. And the guy's like, yeah, I got a 
box here. It says MASH 4077 on it. He's like, what do you want me to do with it? He goes, you can do whatever you want with it. Yeah. To me, that would be... That's a gold mine in my eyes. Yeah. I would be like, oh my God, I found this most amazing thing. Yeah, I mean, it, it had so much memorabilia. What did it have? It had Radar's teddy bear. It had guys' um, nudie boots. Well, yeah, his boots and his magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, Clinger's dress. Yeah. Like wedding dress. No, I think it was Scarlett O'Hara. Yeah. Had Father Mulcahy's boxing gloves. Yeah. Had Rizzo's something to do with Rizzo. He was a mechanic. Mm-hmm. It had something to do with him was in there. I think a spark plug or something. And it's like, that would be something that you would either hold on to or it should go into a museum. Yeah. Yeah. TV style museum. No, it's a show that'll make you laugh, make you cry. Make you kind of realize what actually people had gone through. Yeah. In a mass unit and could be going through. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there were some actual kind of big, big stars that were in there. Yeah. You wouldn't have... um wouldn't have really known them before yeah. being in the show. It had uh, John Ritter. Yep, John Ritter, Patrick Swayze. Patrick Swayze, and that one was eerie. Yeah, because he died of the same things that he had on the show. Well, he had, what was it, leukemia. Leukemia. And then in real life, he died from pancreatic cancer. Yeah. So that was like a little foreshadowing there. If you've ever watched the show Cheers... Norm was in there. Yep, Norm was in there, and so was... Um, it was a Halloween episode where he played a, a Marine that... Oh, my God, yes. ...that <laughs> got, a got what was it, the eight ball stuck in his mouth? Yeah, he had the eight ball stuck in his mouth. And, um... <laughs> oh, Winchester. Charles, yeah. Winchester. Really had, gave him a hard time yeah. about it. <laughs> Winchester had to take care of that. Yeah, it had John Ritter, Patrick Swayze, uh, Ron Howard... Opie, and then he's now a producer. Yeah, big time producer now, yeah. He was in there. He played a a 16-year-old kid that used his brother's social security number and all that to get in. Yeah. Saying that he's 20-something, all because of a girl. Yeah, he wanted to impress her. Yep. And he actually got shipped back stateside because they had uncovered the fact that he was not who he said he was because of his blood type. Yeah. But he got shipped back because at first Hawkeye was like, sure, whatever, go back. And then one of Hawkeye's friends had gotten killed. And I'm going to call him Opie from Andy Griffith was like, I'm, I'll hate you for the rest of my life. Or I, I hate you. And at the end, Hawkeye's like, I hope it's a good long hate. Yeah. Yep. Because, yeah, you don't want to be in that situation at that age. I mean, yeah, some kids are in different you know, cultures, which is sad. Yeah. But. Oh yeah, definitely. It, yeah. It just, it touches on so many things. It does. It does. Moral, moral, morality, moral judgment, you mm-hmm. name it. Yep. But I could see, yeah, I could see why it wasn't as popular as it was when yeah. it started. I mean, Vietnam was going on. So who wants to be reminded of what their, what's going on with their life? Yeah. Or what they experienced. But yeah, if you haven't seen the show, I think it's on Netflix. I, I believe it's on Netflix, yeah. And just to give a disclaimer, we are not sponsored by any of the platforms that we talk about. Yeah, definitely. No, we're not. Not at... Someday, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> not holding breath. No, <laughs> no. 
we enjoy the shows. So if it sounds interesting to you guys, anybody who's listening, want to make it easy for you to find. But yeah, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I believe it's on Netflix. Just mash. And if you have seen it, then yeah, you, you know what it's about. And you can definitely laugh and cry and all the other emotions that you go through with us. <laughs> so until then, let us know what your favorite movie is, favorite classic movie is. Again, you can check us out on Facebook. It's the Boob Two Bingers. Um, Twitter, we are T Bingers on Twitter or at T Bingers. Like notes, Boob Two Bingers and Podbean. And let us know what your favorite episode of MASH was. Yeah. Because this was a very, and it still is a very iconic show. Yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't have technically a cult following and it should in a way. Yeah. Very, very binge worthy. It is very binge worthy. So until then, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you on the next one.